Hi, welcome to Life Struggles. On this show, we interview people who have mental and physical health issues, addictions, relationship problems, and anything else that life may bring us as a struggle. We give hope and our own advice to others from our own achievements, from conquering these struggles. Our goal is for you not to feel alone in your struggle. So hopefully one of our episodes will have your struggle in it. Our guests range from actors, authors, professionals, and ordinary people like me. In today's episode, Erin tells us how she lost her freedom in 2017 from a chimney falling on top of her. Since then, she has not only died a few times, went through months and months of physical therapy, is a paraplegic, has graduated college, and is now trying to enter law school. This is such an amazing story. Please help me in welcoming Erin. Hi, we have Aaron Fields with us, and I have been waiting to do this, and I'm just so thankful that she was able to find some time to come and talk to us, and I just want you to help me welcome Aaron. Hi. Hi. So Aaron was um, in a accident, I guess we can call it. What do you call it? Yeah, I call it an accident. Okay. So I'm just going to have you go ahead and tell us what happened. Okay. So I was going into senior year of college. I was going to go abroad that fall. It was summer. I was waitressing. Um, I had met my boyfriend in college. His name's Jack. And we started hanging out junior year in the spring. Um, And basically... He came to Maine, he hung out with me there, um, started dating in June of 2017. And then um, I wanted to see him before he went abroad. He was going abroad in August. And so we planned to meet up at my brother's apartment in Boston because it was um, both a three hour drive for both of us. And so we met up there, we hung out like basically in Boston all day walking around and then my brother had a hammock on the roof hung up um with a wall um and a chimney and my brother was like you should go up there like he went up there every night he's like it's so pretty and so me and Jack went up there we so was this at night then was it yeah it was it was it was at like 11 30 I think so it was plenty dark yeah it was dark um and so as soon as I sat on the hammock and he, once he sat down next to me, the extra weight pulled the chimney down on top of my chest um, and then the hammock fell. Um, but Jack didn't get hurt at all. Okay. So were you knocked out? I wasn't. Um, well, I, I don't remember anything, but like I was 
my brother and Jack say that I was talking to them and I just kept saying, my neck hurts, my back hurts, like call an ambulance. Like I just kept saying that. And the ambulance told them to keep me talking. They didn't want me to, you know, pass out. Hmm. That's interesting. So probably the amount of pain that was going on and stuff was making your body go into. I, I have a nephew that was in the worst car accident you can't even imagine. And he actually died three times on the table. And he remembers them saying he flatlined and saying, calling blue code. He could hear all that. He could hear all that, but he was unconscious. Wow. And he never came to for three months. And when he came to, he said, I can't believe I'm alive. Yeah. I, I, I died like three different times. Yeah. I I died also. My heart stopped for two minutes. For two minutes? Mm-hmm. And I don't but that was how long when I was in, already in the ICU at that point. So was that like right after you got to the hospital? It was actually after my surgeries. It was after they put the rod in my neck, after they did the stent in my right subclavian artery. And I think it was like maybe a week or two in. My body just um, freaked out and... Um, I think I might've been, the doctor said that he may have given me too much medication and just, um, yeah, my heart stopped. And so they had to do CPR for two minutes. Okay. So let's go then back to how, so the ambulance showed up. Um, obviously somebody called your parents. Yep. My brother called my parents. He didn't want to freak him out because they had a long drive. So he didn't say how bad it was, but he was like, you need to come. You need to get here. So they thought I like, they thought I maybe was going to die at that point. Cause they didn't know. Cause he just wouldn't tell them. And he was freaked out too. So um, they had to lift me off the roof because the stairwell was so, uh, they couldn't carry me through. It was so narrow. So they, I do remember so being lifted off the roof. You do. And so I'm kind assuming of. they used one of the flat boards. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, they but you don't remember like any pain when they put you over on that board or anything like that? I don't. It's so and, weird. Okay. Well, no, actually that's kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My brain blocked it out, I guess. Maybe. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, things work in a strange way, right? Right. There's some things that we're not, not meant to remember. Yeah. But, okay. So, so you, but you did wake up in, I mean, like you were still awake in the ambulance. I'm, I don't remember the ambulance. I remember being lifted off the roof because I am afraid of heights. And I was like, what am, why am I so high? Like I had no idea what was going on. That would be scary. That's the one thing I remember. And, and I don't remember anything until I woke up in the hospital so how did you go out? Like, did you pass out or did they put you out? Or you don't know? I don't, I, I, they didn't put me out um, until I got there. They probably had me on pain meds and stuff, but I'm, I mean, I must've passed out unless so I was probably just your own ba- body from the amount of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then you, then you wake up in the hospital. Yeah. But 
Um, so I woke up in like a little tiny hospital room, kind of waiting for my neck surgery. And everyone just came in one by one, like my family, my brother, and my brother was like, I'm so sorry. And Jack came in and he was like, no matter what happens, I'm not going to leave you no matter what. And, you know, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, and he told me he loved me for the first time. Oh, so that was, that was kind of like a big deal. Um, Well, you remember that. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that because, because I had told him I loved him a week or I think before that and he didn't say it back um that's kind of hurtful but we were like kind of drunk so he was like oh like well we're kind of drunk so I just pretended I didn't remember saying it (laughs) (laughs) but um that's probably what I do too oh I don't remember that (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so when he said it like that was a big deal to me but I didn't realize the extent of my injuries at the time I was like he loves me (laughs) so precious it was really sweet okay so he stayed there the whole time all this was going on yep they said that only one person could sleep in my room with me Mm -hmm. and my mom my mom didn't know Jack that well so she was like sorry buddy like I'm staying I'm the mom yeah it's my daughter you know that would be what I would do he slept in the waiting room. He wouldn't leave. But my mom finally made him and everyone go back to my brother's apartment at one, like three days later. And she was like, you guys need to go sleep. So that's what they did for your mom. Never left you. Yeah. My mom, my mom didn't leave. So she was Um, great. Okay. So you, how long into arriving at the hospital was it before they started doing surgeries I think that they did my neck surgery like the next night because it you know the injury happened at like midnight so I think it was the next night because they had to um they have to wait for the swelling to go down and then I think it was a couple days later they flew in like 20 doctors for my stent surgery because um it was such a big surgery they didn't want to paralyze my diaphragm and put me on the vent for life so that was a big surgery. And well, um, everybody um, is clarified the the chimney actually hits you in the front mm-hmm. of your body. So I wanted to clarify that. Yeah. And, and it I, could have hit you on the head and killed you right. immediately. Exactly. It would have killed me for sure. So, yeah. So basically the stent surgery was probably a couple days later. And then I want to say like three days later, they trade me and put me on the vent because since I'm a quadriplegic my diaphragm's partially paralyzed like I can't really cough it's weird like I'm not I yeah so what happens if you get like a cold or did have you had COVID I haven't I've been real I haven't really left a lot because I don't want to get it but right yeah I'm scared of um pneumonia is like well I would be too of course usually quadriplegics die of pneumonia because they can't cough so but I do have a cough assist machine that I got so I've never I've used it once when I like choked on a cracker but (laughs) um it's like this thing that covers your mouth and then you breathe in with it and then it kind of you cough with it and it sucks out anything okay so I I have um, a cousin that has, oh my gosh, 
So I wasn't going to include this in there. So I forget what it's called. Who was Jerry's kids? What, what, what was that disease? I don't, I don't remember. Um, they know they normally now things have changed. He is now 24, but that at the time that he was diagnosed, he was, it was right after he was born. Mm-hmm. And they said, they said that most children um, don't live past eight. Wow. And is it multiple sclerosis? Maybe. Gosh, I should know my facts before I bring it up. But he, so he is, he's also a paraplegic. Mm-hmm. Um, but his brain is amazing. Mm -hmm. but he cannot move his arms right he's got machines that saint jude's gave him that like he like his computer he operates with his eyes so he's got a college degree and all that but he has went through a lot of bouts of depression yeah i'm sure and part of that was um and i wonder well you of course you're older but like when he was in fifth grade to eighth grade um mm-hmm. his parents made him go to a regular school right and they always in the wheelchair put him outside during recess but he couldn't do anything and he so he had to watch these kids playing yeah. and some kids would be mean and they would yeah. like throw a ball at him and say catch that kind of stuff and he would you know cry and tell his parents I don't want to go back there you know I don't want to watch everybody having fun yeah and I don't want to be teased and um so he went through that period Mm -hmm. um and he had many times where he was rushed to the hospital and so his like he's fed though like he can't eat regular food he's he's got a feeding tube okay so that's different, but still he can choke with that feeding tube. So he has 24 hour nurses. Right. Cause he can choke on like saliva. And, and right. Right. Yeah. So, and yours was, so your diaphragm being the way it is, isn't quite as bad as that. Right. Right. I can still eat and I can, it's just, um, if I get a caught, like if I have mucus in my chest, like it can be really dangerous. And if I choke on something that can be really dangerous but okay so you had that surgery and then you went into rehab within how long yes uh so I was there for three and a half weeks in ICU and then I went over to Spalding Rehab in Boston for three and a half months I was still on the vent and the feeding tube when I got to Spalding you know, that's amazing because I've heard a lot of times they won't transfer you with tubes. Yes, they didn't want to, but but I had a great ICU nurse and she was like, if you don't get out of here, she was like, you're going to get sick. You need to get out of this hospital. So she, she, aren't nurses amazing. Yes. And I still talk to her and we still see her. She's awesome. That's, oh, that's neat. Okay. So then you got to the other hospital, you said in Boston? Yes. Okay. So you got there and you started physical, you went through physical therapy. Is, is that when you really knew that you wouldn't be able to walk again? I 
I think I thought for like probably a good month and a half, like I'm still going to walk out of here. Like I was like, so like I had my mom do my hair and makeup every day. Like I was like, I'm going to like, this is going to be so fun. I love working out. And I was like, I was, I felt horrible. I was sick. I was in pain. I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> like I just You're didn't a positive person. Yeah. And I just, and I think people like people probably were looking at me like this girl does not realize she's quadriplegic <laughs> but I um after, you have to like, make the couple... best out of your situation though yeah. right? and you have yeah. to make yourself feel better otherwise you are going to go into depression exactly and after I think it was probably two more weeks I got to because I was um I got the trach out and I got off the vent and I got the feeding tube out and that's when I started to actually feel like I could do some workouts. How was the trach? Is the worst part of everything. That's what I've heard. I yes, it's horrible because um, you have to get it suctioned, and they like stick a thing in there, and it, and you can't breathe, and it feels like someone's gagging you, and um, to do it like a billion times a day, or anytime you feel like you can't breathe. The vent is worse. The vent is worse because you can't talk on the vent. And right. being put on the vent, you have to start letting it breathe for you. And it's really hard when I was only on it at night to get on it. It was really hard. I had so you weren't on, on it full time? I was, but once I got to Spalding, I was just on it at night for 10 days. So during that time that um, b- before you got it off, when... Was it aggravating when, like, I'm sure your mom and your boyfriend and your brother and your dad and whoever else was in and out talked to you, but you couldn't say anything. And yes. if you can't move your your hands, you couldn't write anything, right? Right. Yeah, I got frustrated a lot. I and uh, my brother was really good at reading my lips for some reason. That's Even funny. with all the tubes in my mouth, he was great. My mom could not do it at all, but my brother could read my lips really well. So he could tell everyone what I was saying. And what about Jack? Jack ha- had to leave after two weeks and he had to go for maybe three weeks before I got to Spalding. Jack had to leave and go to Germany okay. to go abroad uh, for three weeks. He had because our school requires you to go abroad to graduate and he didn't want to go but um I I told my mom I was like you better make him go like he's gonna regret that and um my mom was like you you need to go like Aaron will be mad at you (laughs) so he went so I would imagine he probably called every day he called every day he FaceTimed me every day (laughs) and he had to my brother would hold the phone up and he would talk to me and then my brother ha- I'd be like I love you and my brother would be like I love you because my brother he couldn't I he couldn't hear me he couldn't hear you yeah so it was like very funny my brother had to <laughs> I bet that was funny it sounds like you have an amazing brother too I yes he was amazing and he he did not leave my side like at all what's the until- age difference there he is one year younger than me so he was 20 and I was 21 at the time. And do you have any other siblings? I have four siblings in total. So in total. I, yep. I have a sister that's a year, a couple years older. And then it's my brother, year younger, another year younger sister. And then I have a 17 year old brother. 
Okay. Crazy. And are you, are you living at home right now? I bought a house last year in Florida with Jack. Oh, that is super cool. I had to get to the warm weather. No kidding. The cold was, it hurt, it hurt my body. Yeah. Well, you have, do you have metal parts in your spine? Yeah. Yeah. That definitely would hurt with cold. Yeah. And then when you sever your spinal cord, you can't regulate your temperature. So it's like, I'm usually cold. And once I'm cold, I, it takes me like five hours to get warm. So. So do do you spend much time outside? Um, not, I don't like to be outside when it's cold, but now that I'm here, I'm, I love to be outside. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like now, do you spend much time outside? Yes. I feel like I can go outside and I feel like everything's quicker because I don't have to put on like seven layers and a heated jacket. Like that's what right. I would do in Boston. So right. it's like, I can just go out in a t-shirt and I'm like, oh, it's so nice. Okay. So let's go back to then. Um, so he went away to school and so then you continued with physical therapy and is that yep yep so once I was done at Spalding I I didn't go back to Maine like because my mom and my brother they were like you weren't even living at home anyway like I was living at a place that I was waitressing at it was like a live-in thing so then I was in college so my brother was like, don't send her back home. It's cold in Maine and our house wasn't accessible. So we got an apartment, my mom and I, my mom quit her job as a hairdresser and signed up to be my caregiver. Um, So we got an apartment in Boston and she moved in with me. And I think that was the hardest transition because it was, we went from like everyone and seeing all the doctors to being home, just us two. And it was a new place. So that was the hardest transition because that was the point that all my friends went back to college. And so, and I was seeing everything on, on social media, like my senior year that I was missing. So that was really hard. I bet that was. Yeah. And yet you still remain positive. Has that been your personality always, or is that? I guess so. I, I've honestly never really been through and like anything super traumatic, I don't think. So yeah, I I guess I've always been positive. So when this happened to me, like I was just like, I guess I just roll with it. Like, I don't know. I didn't know what to do, you know? So, and I really didn't want to get depressed. That was a big thing for me as I didn't like, I had hard days where I'd cry, but I was like, okay, If I'm going to cry today, I can't cry tomorrow. I'm going to have a good day tomorrow. And that's kind of how I would get through the week. But, you know, so crying doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed, though. Yeah. I mean, crying is, and I try to to really stress this on a lot of people, crying actually re- releases some good hormones to make you feel better. Yeah. So, but also, I mean, yeah, if we are feeling sorry for ourselves all the time, then we're crying. That would be like going into a depression too. Yeah. And I didn't want to let that happen. And that's, but that's, that's amazing that you actually stayed that way. Um, did you ever have to like have somebody write you affirmation notes or anything like that just to help you 
I actually got a like a ton of letters from mm-hmm. other girls that were quadriplegic that I don't know heard about my story or I don't even know um, I want to go through them again because I don't remember who wrote me these letters but I got them in Spalding I got them I continued to get them at Spalding because I um even after I left I started to uh like volunteer peer mentor and I was still getting letters because people thought I was there so those letters were awesome did, you know. did your mom read them to you or yep my mom read them to me um in the hospital and then when we, when we were back at the apartment see I'm so sensitive that would make me cry and that wouldn't mean I was depressed but just yeah oh yeah I, cried. I, I just have like this heart you know, and there's nothing I can do. But I mean, I was just at my nephew's wedding over the weekend. And it was just the most, first of all, um, his dad, my brother passed away with brain cancer. And um, so the girl that he was marrying um, knew how bad that he had wished his dad was there. And right before they got married, she so she has a cricket. Mm-hmm. And she had a little tiny picture made of my brother and had it on a pin and she pinned it on his heart, uh, you know, under his suit and said, your dad is right there with you. Sweet. And, uh, you know, I'm just crying. I mean, first of all, my brother also was really close to me. Um, So I'm just crying with that. And then, then they said their own vows and, you know, Noah talked about his dad and a little bit in it, you know, but but the love that the everything that brought them together was just it. So my crying wasn't a sad crying. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, every, I looked around and everybody in the place was crying after listening to that kind of yeah. stuff. So, you know, but, you know, she talked about what kind of an amazing person he was and he's a cardiac arrest um, specialist nurse oh, wow. at Indianapolis. Um, I think it's, Oh, all of they've they've gone all over the United States now. These hospitals are the same name. Um, well, it doesn't matter, but at any rate, it's a very very big hospital chain, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where he's at. And she also is a nurse there, but she's like specializes in the ER department. So, um, I I cry easily, happy or sad. I do too. Okay. Yeah, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Okay, so there you were, and um, you went through your physical therapy. Your then afterwards, you when when you were finished with that, did you and your mom continue to stay in the apartment, or what happened then? Um, so we stayed in the apartment for the fall and the winter, and I did. Um, we would drive an hour three times a week to do like this intense physical therapy for spinal cord injuries where you had to like pay out of pocket. And then the other few days a week, I would do the PT and OT that insurance would cover. Okay. So I was just doing a lot of therapy and then, but I said, I don't want to miss my spring semester of senior year because like, I want to march with my class. Like I, and yeah, everyone thought I was crazy because they were like, you can't go back to school in six months. But I was like, no, I'm going to go back. So I did, I did go back six months later um did you do online classes or did you go on campus I went on campus okay and it was really hard um 
I had never had a caregiver that wasn't my mom. So my mom just came with me and was my caregiver. Um, and actually I, I got a, I lived on campus in this like big accessible room and me and my mom and Jack lived in the same room. <laughs> he wasn't there a lot because he was in lacrosse season, but uh-huh. it was, it was nice. And my brother um, goes to college with me, grade below me. So he was there mm. a lot. Like he, he helped a lot too. Okay, so you ended up graduating from college. Yep, and I got to march with my class and everything. So it was awesome. Oh, that's amazing. I don't know if I remember seeing that in the video. Is that in the video? Uh, it's in one of my YouTube videos. Is it? I, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure which one. Okay. Well, I've only watched two of them, so but I will keep watching. Um, okay, so you graduated from there and... Are, are you going on for a master's? Is I am working on getting into law school. Well, I got into, into law like, school. Yes. Yeah, I got into a few, but I'm having issues with them letting me go virtually. So I'm trying to now get into one, the one near my house. It's just hard to get into. So that's you know, shame on them. I know. Especially not being able to let you do online because, well, Number one, with with COVID out there and everything, right. many it's many scary. colleges are. Yeah, in fact, it's just my now my son is a junior in college, um, and he still had he had he had some at the campus, but a lot of the teachers didn't want to go back, so they still did online. Yeah, and every law school was online. So I know that they've done it. It's just really frustrating that they won't do it. I bet. I bet. And I suppose you're not an arguer. (laughs) Uh, I, when they told me on the Zoom call after I had been approved for it, I just started crying. Like, cause I was, I was like, you know, what do I do? But I did file like all the complaints I could. And hopefully Mm -hmm. I'll hear something from that. Okay. Um, so do you not want to go on campus because of the all the the work involved in in getting I actually there? do want to go on campus right. and law school you have to be you have to be on campus two thirds or something it's like or something it's weird law school's weird um I just um was hoping I could do the first year virtually just because of um I have a lot of stuff in my house like my computer and then I have all my workout equipment I work out at home a lot and I have my standing frame and all that stuff so um yeah I just wanted to do the first year virtually but I don't mind going to campus but the schools I got into was two hour drives so I'm like oh, wow. I can't I can't do yeah. that I don't yeah. want to live on campus again yeah so when you're doing workouts what do you do so I'm trying to get my arms stronger. So I've been lifting a lot. I'll use wrist weights. Um, okay. I have a standing frame. So I try to stand a lot. I have an FES bike, which is where they put stim pads, electrodes on your legs. Mm-hmm. And then um, you turn it on and it's like a bike and um, it makes your muscles contract. So that's really good. Can you for feel it? I, no, I, I can feel when it comes on. I get autonomic dysreflexia, which basically you either start sweating a little or you get like tingles up your arms. Um, so that's how I feel it. Um, but I do get out of breath on the bike. I will get out of breath. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Well, so, I mean, your lungs are functioning and everything. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I can, I can see where, um, but is there, is there hope that your, your legs, you could ever gain that back if you, were? I don't, I don't, I don't think so for me because I'm like, unless there's a cure for spinal cord injuries, which a lot of people are saying there's going to be one. So of course, I mean, that would be awesome, but I would be happy just to get like my core function and my triceps and my finger function back. I would be happy just to be more independent at this point. I right. don't even care about walking. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So tell us all the things that you and Jack do. And Jack, um, well, it's, it's changed a lot because in Boston, he was working full time and my mom was my caregiver. So on the weekends, we would do stuff like we, we got two bulldogs, English bulldogs. So we would um, always bring them out for walks and we would um, go get breakfast and stuff like that on the weekends. Um, now that we have the house and we love our house, we're kind of homebodies. We love to order food. We love to... <laughs> We love to walk around the neighborhood. We bring the dogs for walks when it's not too hot for them because they uh they get really hot. <laughs> they're they're lazy. Um, but yeah, we love to sit out by the pool and just hang out. That's what we really do. So, do you have a pool there at your house? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just got a pool lift, so I really want to learn how to swim. That's so. what I was going to ask you. So you you get to get in? Yes. I get in, I, I can't swim yet without like a float, but I'm hoping I can learn because I've seen other quads do it at my level. So really, really cool. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. And it's good. It's good therapy too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so can you, is there any way First of all, I want to know what, what, what do you feel like has been your biggest life struggle then? Um, losing my independence. Okay. That was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Just like not being able to sit up or turn in bed, not being able to pick things up like my hand function and then loss of bladder and bowel function is really hard. And currently right now I'm dealing with chronic UTIs. So that's been just oh my goodness and I've yeah. heard those are very painful yeah and Can like you feel pain yes it's weird I feel it like internally like my bladder always feels like it's burning and then like when I cap it burns and I actually got a surgery so I cap through my belly button it's weird but it's very easy I've heard to do that one yeah it's called the metrophenoff surgery so but when I get a UTI, like I just feel really sick and then it will burn to cath. And it's scary because I don't want to go septic. It's really easy to go septic with this injury because you don't know how sick you are. So explain what septic is. Um, it's basically when the infection like spreads to your kidneys and then the rest of your body. And then, and then you can die pretty quickly. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, do you have a caregiver that comes in or is it just you and Jack? It's just Jack. So he quit his job and now he gets like paid to be my caregiver. Um, but 
I've told him a bunch of times, I'm like, good ever is too much. Like, I'll get a caregiver, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, He was like, no, I don't want someone here. Like when I'm here, like, like I'd rather do it. He's like, I don't want someone, random people in and out of the house. And my mom is planning to move here after my brother graduates high school. So she will be able to help out a lot once she gets here. I bet that uh, I'm, I'm actually going to be moving to, to Florida. So, really? uh, yeah, I, I lived there for 15 years in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And the only reason that I came back to the Chicago area is because my parents were still working and I had my first child who at the time that we moved back here, she was five. My, my parents asked me to, because they couldn't, they wanted to see her grow up. Right. And that, you know, first of all, back then the the flights weren't cheap. Like I can fly back and forth to Florida now, which I do quite a bit from here, like for $133 round trip. Yeah. Like if I take Allegiant Um, and, you know, Allegiant is better than what it used to be, but you know, they're, they're clean. You know, they don't have all the bells and whistles, but I don't care about that. It's such a short right. flight, you know, and it's so much cheaper than like, you know, the big, bigger airlines. Yeah. Well, it's a big airline now, but at any rate, um, so I, I moved back here to raise my kids so my parents could That's nice. be with them. And, but my parents are both gone now. And my last one, my last son, he's a junior in college. So when he graduates, he'll end up moving too. Nice. So I really don't have reason to stay here. I mean, I right. have friends and stuff, but they're always traveling and they're like, right. we want you to go to Florida so we can come see so you. Can come visit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, um, you know, I don't, I mean, I see them, but not, not often, right. you know, everybody's working and doing their yeah. thing. And so, um, yeah, um, mine will be St. Pete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like um, that. But I have family all over Florida, all over Florida. I've got cousins I, and lots yeah. of friends there. And so it's going to almost feel like going back home. Yeah, that will be nice. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure your mother is going to just absolutely love it. Yeah, she loves it here, so... really excited um will she move in with you guys do you think or will she get it she might for a few months but she wants to get her own place just because I have a lot of siblings and she's like I know they're gonna be here all the time and I don't like she doesn't want to like intrude on our space I mean she lived with me and Jack for like a whole year so in a one-bedroom apartment oh wow (laughs) so yes we could but she wants to get her own place she's excited too so how is how how have your siblings dealt with this and how do they treat you? They've dealt with it all very differently. Um, they're all kind of at different stages in their life too. So it's like my sister, my older sister was in Florida. Um, I don't know if she realized how severe the injury was. I mean, everyone came to see me in the hospital mm-hmm. and, you know, in rehab and then And then my sister, like, I think it was a year later, got pregnant. So she and her husband now have a kid. So that, you know, that changed a lot of things. Um, And then my brother, he, he was great. 
um, he was the one that's there for younger than you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that was there. Um, okay. Yep. And so he, he has been great. Um, but he recently moved to Colorado. So I haven't seen him since last summer. I'll see him this summer. Um, and then a little sister, younger sister. Yes. She, she was a junior at UMaine. So she had a lot going on. Um, I saw her a little bit. I think it changed our relationship a lot and I don't know why, but we're getting closer again. So I'm really happy about that. She was just here. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Oh, now how old is she now? Um, she's almost 24, but she was 19. That's, that's why it's changed. Yeah. She's getting older. Yeah. And so then is the youngest 17 you said? Yes. He's 17. And we were really close. What, I mean, he was young. He was like 12 when I was in Jordan. Sure. You know, he, it like changed his whole life because my mom moved to Boston with me and he, he was just home, like with my dad. And it was just, weird for him you know because he was like okay this is like different so yeah but how is your dad with all this um not great no not great no I'm sorry I have to ask this but you haven't mentioned him very much so I pick up on stuff like that (laughs) I think people need to know how things are dealt with and you know probably a lot of them that are going to be listening will be in this same type of situation and want to know how to deal with it. So, yeah, um, it was really hard for him. And he, I think it was easier for him to be like, I'm just going to keep working and you know, this will like, I can just kind of avoid it that way. And I think that's what he did. And then my mom finally convinced him to move to Boston with her and get an apartment. Um, and he did, but, um, they got a divorce which was, I think, a long time coming, but that was like kind of the lot, the final, the final thing, because he, he wasn't showing up to surgeries and important things. And my mom was like, I've got it. Yeah. She, she didn't feel supported. So I know how I would feel too, that that would probably be my last straw too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um, My kids are everything to me. So, right. Exactly. That's how my mom is. Yeah. Well, most, most mothers that were supposed to be mothers would be like that. Yes. My mom has been amazing. I'm so glad I've had her. She sounds amazing. She is. I hope someday when I get to Florida that I can actually meet you in person and meet your mother. I'm probably around her same age. Yeah. I think she's 54. Yeah. So 55. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. So that story, I can, I can't even imagine freedom being taken away, but I kind of feel like all of us are going through losing some freedom, not in the same way that you are. Mm -hmm. Um, you're handling this amazing and I'm so proud of you. Um, what can you what kind of advice can you give to people like how to stay out of depression um how to keep their heads up how to keep moving on when there's so many stops um I would say like definitely don't like shut yourself away from everyone like 
I think going back to school was really good for me, even though it was hard. Like going back to school, being with my friends, being with Jack, going to the lacrosse games, just getting out, even though I felt didn't want to, didn't feel good. I think that helped me. And just staying busy, even if you're going to do school, like something or just like setting a goal in general. Like Mm -hmm. for me now, like my goal is law school. And like, I always have a goal, like my goal is to transfer and like that might never happen, but it's still a goal. So I think that's a, that's a big thing. Definitely. And just like, I think it's also just like you let yourself have a bad day, but don't let yourself have a bad month. Right. I I like that. I like that. And yes, we do have to let ourselves have a bad day. We just don't need to let ourselves sink into that and stay that way. And I was scared of that happening. So, yeah. Um, You know, we we had talked a little bit about Jack joining us. Did did you um, suggest to him or tell him what I was suggesting about him doing a part two and yeah, I did tell him that. Yeah. What did he say? Um, he said maybe he's he doesn't I don't know. He he I think he gets nervous on like interviews and stuff, even though he always does great. Um he doesn't like have like social media, he's not like a big media guy, but I'm gonna try to get him to do it. <laughs> I just think it's important because there's things that he remembers yeah. that you don't. Right. Um, and there, how do I say this? Cause I doubt that he's like that, but I'm going to say this anyway. So my, my daughter um, is pretty much in the same situation that you are, but she's, she's got autoimmune disease. And so she does not get, um, blood and oxygen to her muscles and her bones. So she has surgeries, multiple surgeries all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, they're coming out with new stuff. So like she did have, she had her spine done. Okay. So she, now they're going to go in and instead of the metal, mm-hmm. there's this surgeon that she found that actually uses rubber. Wow. Um, and that gives a little bit more movement. And I guess you yeah. don't have like the pain um, oh, right. as much. So she did have that. She's already had the trial done in her left shoulder. Wow. Um, and she said, it's just amazing difference. Um, the problem was when the original surgeon did her spine, he cut off a nerve at the top of her neck and it's permanent and she has permanent migraines. That's awful. Um, and they just can't, she, for one, she's has a high tolerance of pain, but a low tolerance with medications. And they keep trying to put her on all these medications for pain, but she doesn't tolerate them well. Right. Doesn't like the feeling that it gives her. Yeah. Is also afraid of being addicted to them. But I am too. Yeah, that's why I don't. I don't do the pain meds. Yeah. Scary. Um, and I was going to ask you that. Is that? Um, because like she has to. They give her stuff during the surgery. Um, 
She's got so many different things with the autoimmune that comes up. It, it seems like every every month something new. Yeah. That because her immune system isn't fighting anything. Scary. Yeah. Um, and with this disease, she can it can end up affecting her heart because that's a muscle, yes. and that's probably what she would die from. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, her husband has to do everything mm-hmm. and he did in probably being overtired. First of all, he had the personality where he didn't want her to do anything. Yeah. Okay. Where she's always been very active like you were, and she was also in, um, so in her college, um, when she was in college, she got her scholarship in, in um, track and field. Wow. No. And she, she can't even go up steps now, you know. Wow. But regardless, she is the same way. She, like, tries to stay positive in everything. She does allow herself. I could read you a Facebook post that would make you cry. I, I, she's not one to complain. She's not one to post a lot, but in this one, she just, she's like, I'm sorry. She started out with, I'm sorry, but I just need to vent. Yeah. And her thing was about, I know, I know that you guys are getting tired of asking me to things and sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't. But I always want to. So please yeah. don't get mad at me when I can't. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it was just, you know, through that. And I was like reading it, just crying because I've never shared with her, like my mother's part of it. Yes. Like as a mom, that's why I'd love to meet your mom. As a mom, we feel like we're supposed to fix everything. Right. So imagine not being able to fi- fix our children. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah, it was really hard. Her. It was really hard for my mom, but. Um, and she, what... she's got to be amazing, she you is. know, and just to, um, you know, keep her head up too. Yeah. So, and she's got other children and, and then go through a divorce and, you know, all of just, just all of it. But what I was going to say about my daughter's husband is that, I think one day he was just overwhelmed, overtired. You know, he works his regular job all day. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he comes home and he has to take care of the dogs and he has to you know, right. take care of her and fix the meals and do everything. And I, w- one day she said something like um, the front yard, you know, has not been touched in a week. I think you need to get out and do that. And he just like she bawled so bad. But I think he said you know, I didn't sign up for all this. Yeah. She told me but that. But he probably she, didn't mean it. And I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he didn't. At the time, he was overwhelmed and overtired. Yeah. And I know how much he loves her. And I know, you know, because I can tell you how many times, I mean, he had control because he was married. Like, you know, only one person could go in. And he would say to me, that's going to be me. And she would say, but I want my mom. Yep. I said, that's sometimes. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, the last surgery, she said to him, my mom's coming in this time. I think you guys need to start trading off. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's not fair to her. And I want her too. And, and she loves him very much. Both of us have two different ways of, of handling stuff. Yeah. I ask a lot of questions. He doesn't. And she's out of things, you know. So she she wants me there to be able to explain to her what went on and all that. Whereas when she asked him, he didn't understand what was being said. And he's shy with like doctors and stuff. Right. So he doesn't get all the information. That makes sense. Um, does your boyfriend make sure he gets all that information? Probably not. I feel like he's only, I mean, he's always there, but when it's a bigger surgery, like I always want my mom there. Yeah. And is, is he hurt by that? Um, no, I don't think so. Cause he, he'll still come to the wait. Like he'll see me after. Um, and, and then we always say like, it's, it's a good time for you to get, have a break, you know, like, mm-hmm. So I think he's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, um, he, he hasn't said that he is, but I always say that he can come and, and I've told my mom, like, you don't have to come, but Mm. she's like, oh, I'm coming. You know what I mean? Yes. I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. Because even when I can't go in, well, during COVID, it was really bad. Um, A lot of things were set back, but um, she still had to have some surgeries, whether they wanted to or not and that time you couldn't even go into the hospital yep none of us could um that was hard we sat out in a car waiting for them to call us you know um yeah that part was hard um and they also tried to get her out quickly because the hospitals were filling up with COVID. So, you know, and with her not having an immune system there, they definitely had to keep her away from stuff. Yep. So, and any kind of infections in a hospital, anything. Yeah. So like you, she Uh can't get, you know, colds and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So I, I, you know, Jack's perspective could be, you know, and I, I don't know that he would ever even say it. Um, Because when I talk to like my daughter's husband, he's like, I think it's normal to get tired. Yeah. Um, I've never quit loving her ever. I never will. But, you know, we have a normal relationship, which means normal people have arguments. Right. You know, and everybody needs to understand that we're not like the super couple, you know, Um, we're normal people and we have normal feelings. Yeah. And people just need to understand that. And I, I, you know, I, that seems to me like that's how Jack would be. Yeah. And it was a huge difference on our relationship when he stopped working, when he just focused on being my caregiver, because when he was working and being my caregiver, it was, I mean, he was so tired and I felt that. Mm-hmm. So when he stopped working, it was like night and day. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, just one second and then we'll finish it up. So anyway, with you guys, you know, you're just the normal couple and that's how you guys feel, right? Yes. Yes. And 
we have like arguments here and there, but I think that everyone should, and it would be weird not to. So do you guys, you know, I, I did want to ask you about this. Do you have like the same um, interest, like in movies? Yeah, I think so. Shows? Yeah, we do. But he, there's some shows that we'll like watch separately. Like if I'm doing a workout, I'm like, I'll watch my girly show because he doesn't want to watch that show. But we also both love like thrillers and scary movies and stuff like that. So we always, we have like our shows and movies we watch together and separately. Mm -hmm. So um, is there times when you feel like you need like some space? Yeah, definitely. Um, because we are together all the time. Yeah, like 24-7. You know, I don't drive anywhere I go. He has to come with me. Um, so I can tell when we're, we both need space because usually we'll just like get annoyed at little things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's like... So how do you handle that? Um, I will just try to like do a lot of workouts and like not need as many things you know not ask for as many things which is sometimes hard but um I think as I'm getting to learn to do more on my own that's helpful and then I think like when my mom comes it'll be so different because she can just be like all right I'm just gonna I'll do everything today you know what I mean does he have any friends there in Florida I don't I don't think so and we haven't like met anyone really yet because we don't go out a lot <laughs> yeah that would be hard you can't hardly meet somebody if you're not out can you right exactly so you got he doesn't ever take you like like to the I, I guess you're not wanting to give out that information so you you don't live real close to an ocean um I think probably like an hour we've gone we've gone like we've gone a few times and we've gone um like we go out to eat sometimes um but like we're always busy like I'm always doing appointments and like I always say like every I couldn't accomplish anything I accomplish without him you know what I mean like right he helps me with everything like I just went to the DMV yesterday and got my license back and like he helped me he brought me are you gonna be able to drive yeah so I'm I'm working on getting hand controls oh tell me about that so I um vocational rehab if you're going back to school and trying to go back to work we'll pay for hand controls and um there's a lot of different ones for quadriplegics but the one I think I'll get is like I think it's I think it's push to gas pull to break and then I think there's like a little thing you put your wrist into for stability to like turn the wheel so that's amazing I had no idea yes. they had something like that out yeah, and it's obviously a lot easier for like paraplegics. They can just get these poles to just use on the gas pedal. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, for quads. But then how would you get yourself in and out of the vehicle? So I will either fully take out the front seat and just sit in my chair, or I will make it so I can the chair will turn and I could transfer over. Okay. And leave my chair. Yeah, I haven't decided what one I'll do yet. This is, this is all amazing. And it's, it's, it's so good to see you smile like you do. You're so beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, do you have anything else that you want people to know that, that we can help? I mean, 
this makes me sad that there's people out there complaining about the littlest things. Yes. Yes. And there's so much bigger stuff. And, and here you sit and you're not feeling sorry for yourself. Um, and I'm sure you know that there's probably somebody out there that's worse off than you are, right? Yes. There's always somebody that has it worse than we do. And is that something that you would tell somebody like? Yeah, um, it's hard because with my friends and family, like I try not to like, like, I don't want them to feel like they can't come to me because I'm doing worse, you know? Right, right. So it's hard with friends and family. I'm like, please still like, tell me what's going on. Like, I want to be there for you. I want, sure. even, even if it's not as bad as what's going on with me, it's still your life. It's still, everyone's going to have hard times, but like, there are certain people that will complain. I won't say names, but it will complain. And me and my mom sometimes will just be like, really? Like, it's. That's, that's just a like, small little yes thing. it's like come on like you're gonna you're gonna be okay <laughs> so I think people just need to put things in perspective that it's not the end of the world every time that something goes wrong yeah okay well um I hope you don't mind but I'm gonna check in once in a while and see how you're doing yeah, I, would love um, that. I know that you have you know, appointments and, but I think it's cool to watch because this journey is continuing. Yeah. And know? I'm trying to get stronger and more independent. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I might even in a year have you like come yeah. back and, and update yeah. this on law school and if you got to drive and right. Good awesome. So, okay. Well, I'm going to let you go so you can get some rest. I'm sorry. I kept you so long. That's okay. I, I want you to know that there's got to be people out there that want to hear about this and want to, I, I think it's important that they see mm-hmm. more than anything that life does go on. Yeah. Um, we need to stay, stay positive. Yes. Um, you're a perfect example of that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Okay. And is there, do you, do you want anybody to be able to get a hold of you or would you rather not? Um, and yeah, I, I, I always mean, respond to like Instagram or Facebook DMs. Okay. So yeah. would you like to give that out? Um, yeah, my Instagram handle is just Aaron dot field, but with two D's at the end. So it's E R I N dot F I E L D D. And my Facebook page is facebook.com slash, um, live fearlessly three now I found you on just typing in Aaron's journey right yeah so that you can also type that in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which we'll tell I'll tell which words <laughs> yeah hey you want to see something real fast yeah what I'm wearing today oh my god <laughs> that's so funny I know. It all began with a pair of white boots. It really did. <laughs> I get so many compliments on them. And of course, then I have to tell the story about them every time. Right. <laughs> so funny. So thank you for that. I wouldn't have yes. these boots. <laughs> of course. All right. Well, you have a good night. Thank you. You and too. I will be posting this probably Monday. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. Have a good night. You too.
Thank you so much. So I just really want to thank Erin for being so brave and coming onto my podcast. Since I first met her, which I will tell you the funny story about all that, I've been following her on Instagram. And I found out that people are actually, what's the word I want to use? Um, Sending hate stuff about her boyfriend, Jack, taking care of her and standing by her after this accident. Like, he shouldn't be doing it. And it's really upsetting when you read those things, especially after you hear the story. I just don't understand people. Like, really, if you don't like what you hear, then don't listen to it. Skip on to the next one. But don't we have enough crap going on in this world right now? Enough hate? You don't need to add to it, especially to those that don't deserve it. But really, we don't need any more hate in this world. So if you don't like something in my episode, I hope that you'll just go on to somebody else's and be kind. Okay, enough of my ranting. The funny story is that I intentionally went to the fire station in my current city to speak to the chief about interviewing one of our firefighters that I'm pretty sure has PTSD after being the first one to arrive at a three-year-old being ran over by a semi. And the fire chief was not in, and so the assistant took my message. Well, we started talking. She was asking me about what I wanted to speak to him about, and I told her I was a podcaster and what I did and blah, blah, blah. And as we were talking, she said, you look so familiar to me. And so we start kind of guessing like where we would know each other from. And finally, she comes back with, so did you have any kids go to the local high school here and play sports? And I said, yeah, my son. Actually, all three of my kids, but recently my youngest son in the last five years. And she said, it's got to be that. And then she proceeded to tell me about her daughter, Erin. And when she told me about her daughter, Erin, I'm like, I know her. She played volleyball and she ran track, right? And she's like, yeah, that's her. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, my son knows her. I I watched her. 
And she's like, what's your son's name? And so I tell her, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played on the basketball team. He was really good. And we start having this conversation. And I'm like, so what's what's Erin doing now? And she said, well, she's in Phoenix, Arizona. And I said, oh, well, what's she doing out there? Is she going to college? And she said, no, she started college. And then some friends convinced her to move to Phoenix with them and so she moved there but she ended up alone and she said did you not hear like when a couple like maybe a week after she got there she was walking across the street and she got hit by a car I'm like no she's like yeah and I said how's she doing and she said well you'll have to look her up on Facebook she she did a story on Erin's journey so I get home and I say to my son, so do you know Erin Flaherty? And he's like, oh my gosh, mom, yes, she's so beautiful. And he said, she was in, she moved away to Arizona and she was in a car accident, pretty bad one. And I said, yeah, that's what her mom said. And he was like, to her mom, what were you doing talking to her mom? So I proceeded to tell him that story. And then he gets on Instagram and he shows me a picture of her. I'm like, wow, is she gorgeous. He's like, yeah, I heard about her accident. And he said, and she was like taking physical therapy to learn to walk again. And I said, I think her mom said something about on Facebook. She had Aaron's journey. And he said, yeah, she does. So I go to Facebook and I you know, search for Erin's journey. And this Erin's journey comes up. And long story short, so, you know, I like it. I like it. And then friend request. And then a couple of days later, I was talking to her mom again. And uh, I had this outfit on. And while we're standing talking, she said, that's a really cute outfit. And I said, thanks. And I said, I've been trying to find a white pair of boots to wear with with it, but um, I couldn't find it in town. And she said, oh, she said, Erin has a pair of white boots. You'll have to message her and ask her where she got them. So I get on Facebook to Erin's journey and I send her a messenger. And I say, hey, so I was talking to your mom and she said that you have these white pair of boots that I've been looking for. I was wondering if you could tell me where you got them. Well, she didn't answer me. Um, A couple days went by and I had messaged her mom and I said, "Um, Erin hasn't answered me, but she hasn't looked at my message either. And she said, oh, well, I'm going to talk to her, so I'll remind her to. And then she sends me a picture of Erin in the boots. And I'm like, yes, those are exactly the ones I want. So I take that picture and I put it on Messenger on Erin's journey. And I said, hey, your mom said that um, you could tell me where you got these boots. And so she says, sure. And she sends me the link. And I order them and I get them in two days. 
And so once I got him, I sent her a message and I said, thank you so much. I said, your, your mom sent me that picture. And I really appreciate you finding those boots for me so quickly. And she said, well, you're welcome. Except that picture, that wasn't of me. That was another Aaron. I'm like, what? And she said, yeah, but I do have the same boots. So that's why I sent you the link. I was like embarrassed, but yet I was like, this is weird. So there's two Aaron journeys. So I go onto Facebook and sure enough, there's two Aaron journeys and they look so much alike. Only the Aaron that I've interviewed has been hurt way worse. But that brought us together. And I asked her after making a joke out of, oh, well, I guess I'm glad I found the right Aaron because the other Aaron, I don't know if she would have even sent me the link for the booth. And you never even said anything when I sent you the wrong picture. And she's like, oh, I thought it was just a model. It was funny even if you're not laughing. So that is how we started talking and I convinced her to come on and tell her story. So thank you, Erin, so much for responding. And let me tell you guys, any of you that message her that have any questions or want to talk, she does read all of her messages. So if you know somebody that has a life struggle that you think others would like to hear or could learn by, please message me or have them message me at struggles or hard at gmail.com. And thanks for listening.